once I realized that I didn't have to be cranky every day around dinner time, I called it the witching hour when I was just cranky mood and screaming at the kids and not the mom I wanted to be, but I just thought that was normal. This, you know, this is just how being a mom is. And, and then once I realized changing my food could improve that, it was unbelievable. Welcome back to Whole Mamas Podcast. We're here to give you tools, resources, and evidence-based information so you can make the best decisions for yourself and your family. Whether you're trying to conceive or navigating life with a toddler or a teenager, we've got you covered. I'm Dr. Ilana Romel, pediatric naturopathic doctor and founder of Nourish Medical Center. My co-host is Stephanie Gorenke, registered dietitian and program manager of Whole30's Whole Mamas Club. We have four great interviews lined up with some of the amazing Whole30 certified coaches. And whether you're doing the September Whole30, maybe interested in one day doing it, or just love eating healthy and want some tips, these coaches have some great insights to share to help support you with wherever you are at in the journey of eating healthy. Now, as a heads up, we won't be doing our popular podcast recaps this month, but we will return to them in October. We are so glad you're enjoying them. We love hearing the feedback, so thank you. And something else to look forward to, at the end of this month, Stephanie and I are celebrating our 100th episode. So look out for a special episode that we're going to be creating at the end of this month, and please join in so you can celebrate with us. Now, on today's episode, I interview our first Whole30 certified coach, Autumn Michaelis. She's a mother of five boys. Yes, five. And she's mastered feeding her family healthy foods on a budget. She shares her tips on feeding a family of seven healthy foods, how she overcame her kids' picky eating behaviors, and advice for us busy mamas who want to do the Whole30 and more. Now let's welcome Autumn to the show. Hi, Autumn. Welcome so much to our show, to Whole Mamas Podcast. Thanks for being here today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So as every episode, we start with our Nourish Yourself segment. Can you let the guests know what you did today to nourish yourself? First, can I just say, I love that you guys asked this. Like I had my first child 14 years ago and self-care wasn't a thing. Like we didn't talk about it. We didn't think about nourishing ourselves. It was all, if you didn't devote everything to your kids, you were a bad mom. So I just love that this is discuss more often. And thank you for including that and making moms aware of that. That makes me sad. I mean, it makes me happy that you're acknowledging it, but I'm so sorry to hear that 14 years ago. That must have been really tough. You know, it just, I I don't think I realized what it was. Like it just was my world. And I was talking to another friend who actually has seven kids and we just both agreed. It just wasn't talked about. Like maybe it's because we didn't have social media or self-care just wasn't a buzzword. Like it wasn't even on our radar. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm just grateful that it's talked about more because Great. it needs to be. I absolutely agree. Well, I'm so glad we can share that. So please, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you did today? My self-care, I always wake up before my kids, which is a bit of a feat because they wake up like clockwork every day at 6.30. And I try to start my day intentionally instead of reactively, meaning I get up thing, but makes me feel like my world is somewhat in order. And I start my day with intention and meditation. For me, I'm a Christian, so that looks like scripture study and prayer. And then I make kind of a top three things I need to get done that day um, list, which, you know, being a mom of five boys, I work part-time, there can be a lot of things. And so I just pick three things I want to accomplish that day. And so that anything else beyond that is bonus. And I definitely feel very strongly about nourishing myself with whole foods, as well as exercising most days of the week. Great. I love that. I love how intentional your morning is. It sets you up to win for the day. 
For sure. And it, I've noticed the days that I am reactive instead of intentional and that kind of just gets surpassed because some days you do, a kid gets up early or whatever. It definitely kind of knocks me off center. And so I've really made that a priority. Great. What do you do on those days where they wake up early and it knocks you off center? I try to pull back around to it when I can. And unfortunately, sometimes that's at 10 o'clock instead of six o'clock in the morning. But I try to make sure because I you usually feel it. You feel kind of that rundown, stress high feeling. And so I try to acknowledge that when it comes and realize, okay, I need to pull back, be intentional about some self-care, whatever that may look like, whether it's a walk or connecting with a friend or just breathing and sitting for a minute and not doing anything to kind of bring that back around to being less reactive and more intentional. Great. I love that. And I'm so inspired by you, Autumn. We're going to talk a little bit about this, but you're a mother of five boys. That is a big, big job. I just find that to be so inspiring. Thank you. Yeah, it's a crew. And it's funny when we're in force, we get a lot of comments. So there's five boys ages six to 14. And I call them my little stair steps because they're every two years. So six, eight, 10, 12, and 14. (laughs) That's cute. That's wonderful. Okay. Well, I'll answer quickly what I did to nourish myself. Then we're going to dive right in how you're going to, how you're a mama of all these five boys eating so healthy. So what I did this morning, and it was also a very hectic morning, but I collected a urine sample to uh, send a test in. And I wanted to share a little bit with the listeners why and what I did, because I find it very nourishing to myself and my family. I got a free test that will test my glyphosate levels. And glyphosate, if if listeners don't know what that is, it's it's a molecule found or a chemical found in Roundup. So very, very uh, Hmm. plentiful in the non-organic produce that and grains and legumes, I mean, in all sorts of GMO products that we have on the market. And I'm a very healthy person. I eat almost exclusively organic. However, I do eat out once in a while. And of course, I'll, I'll follow the clean 15 list once in a while to save some money. And I was just kind of curious. I want to see what my levels are because perhaps there's some hidden sources that I don't know of. And I think it's very important that we do understand if there are. So that was a nourishing practice for myself. I think lab testing could be very empowering. I clearly do that a lot in my medical center. I do a lot of lab <laughs> testing, but I thought that was something I wanted to share because I did that this morning. I collected that urine sample and mailed it off and we'll see what my levels are. And I'll get to share that on another episode when I get those results. Interesting. I've never heard of that. Oh yes. There's a lot of information on glyphosate. Maybe I can put that in the show notes for some people to, to look, or maybe Stephanie and I will do a whole show on it. We can talk about that forever. However, this show is going to be geared towards you and how you really support your big family with um, healthy eating. And you are a whole th- a whole 30 certified coach. I would love if you could tell the listeners just a bit about yourself and what inspired you to become a whole 30 certified coach. Absolutely. So, like I said, I have the five boys, um, ages six to 14, and I became a whole 30 certified coach. And it's going to sound really trite, but because whole 30 changed my life. And I actually have a very strong exercise background. That was my degree in college, my certifications. I'm a certified personal trainer. And so I always thought I could just burn it off in the gym, work really hard in the gym, and then eat whatever I wanted because I worked so hard in the gym. Um, And so I was very skeptical about how changing my food would change my health until it came to a point that I gave it a try and I was just blown away. Like I felt like a bad infomercial when I realized all that we call non-scale victories that I was having and um, how much nutrition and food can change 
my help in so many ways. And so once I realized that, it's like I just I felt like more people should know this and have this, especially moms when we are such caregivers and um, there's a lot of demands on our emotions and our time. So it became really important to me to share. And when they announced the Whole30 coaching certification, I jumped on it. I was one of the first couple dozen coaches that were certified because I wanted people to have that. And so um, it's it's been fantastic and I love it. Great. How many years ago was that? So you had all five kids at that point. Correct. Yeah. So I um, did my first Whole30 in 2015 and I've been certified as a coach since 2017. So when I did my first Whole30, my youngest was three. Great. So do you feel like a lot of your clientele are moms that you help through Whole30? I definitely get the whole spectrum. I do definitely appeal to moms because they know I can relate to, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't, they see me as someone who's knocked down that excuse of, oh, I'm a mom. I don't have time. I'm busy. And so I get that and can relate to that. But I definitely feel like the whole 30 is universal. You know, I've worked with gentlemen. I've worked with people who live in different countries. I've worked with people who are very professional businesswomen and work, you know, 80 hours a week and have no kids. And so there's definitely not a one size fits all with that. Great. Well, if you don't mind, I would love to pick your brain and focus on you being a mom of so many kids. And, you know, a lot of our listeners are moms or possibly moms to be. And it does throw a whole different dynamic into our world when we have a little one or little ones to take care of and still eat so healthy. Can you give us a little bit of a sneak peek into some of maybe your secrets or some advice that you have for just being a mom of five and being really committed to eating healthy? Yeah, definitely. So I think it's really important to realize and learn for yourself. Like people can tell you all the time, but until you've learned for yourself that eating clean can make you a better mom and move you forward in your health, until you've experienced that, it's it's really hard for that to take root and really become habits that you prioritize. So I first and foremost had to learn for myself by doing um, Whole30. I've done multiple rounds, but that when I eat clean, there's a difference. There's a difference in my moods. There's a difference in my patience. Once I realized that I didn't have to be cranky every day around dinner time, I called it the witching hour when I was just, hmm. probably because my blood sugar was low and I just was cranky in mood and screaming at the kids and not the mom I wanted to be, but I just thought that was normal. Like that this, you know, this is just how being a mom is. And, and then once I realized changing my food could improve that, it was unbelievable. So first and foremost, if you want your family healthier and you're wanting more for yourself, it has to start with you and you have to be very grounded in um, that belief that this is important. And for me, that started with a Whole30 because you could see that black and white difference of by doing that reset, this, this, and this has changed. And then secondly, our whole family eats clean. That's fairly new. We've been doing that for about a year now. We follow kind of a paleo lifestyle within our home. Um, and I get a lot of people reaching out and asking, okay, how can I expand this to my kids? I, we all want more for our kids, but that can seem really overwhelming. Um, especially for me, you know, it's times five. And as a parent, it's really hard to implement something you don't believe in. Kind of like if you are trying a new sleep method for your kid, you don't have the patience to wait it out if you're not totally sure that's what you should be doing. And so educating yourself, you know, doing a whole 30 or some kind of figuring it out for yourself first to me has been crucial. Yeah, it sounds like if the mom or the parents have the motivating factor because they've experienced it themselves, it is much easier than to enact new habits and new changes for the whole family. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and to deal with when those habits don't go down quite as smoothly or as well as you'd like them to, because it's 
it's not like a magic wand. You can say, okay, mom decides we're going to eat healthy now. And, <laughs> and it all gets better because that's, that's just not the case. And mm-hmm. so just having that grounding that, okay, I know I'm doing the right thing, even if there's pushback, even if there's days when it's messier than others, I know this is the direction we need to go. And there's that confidence that comes with that. Great. I I really love that. I think that's very important to really believe in because it's so easy to get off track and it's so easy to get swayed to eat other foods or unhealthy or just to not cook. I mean, I think that's some of the biggest challenges, just you're in the kitchen so many hours and there's so much to meal prep. But if you don't have that why and that motivation, Mm -hmm. it's very easy to get deranged. So actually, one of the questions I have for you is how many hours do you actually spend in your kitchen cooking for seven of you guys? What what does that look like for you? You know, that's a good question. I probably spend eight to 10 hours a week in my kitchen. And I have to say with that, number one, I love cooking. Like for me, I I love creating. um, And and so creating food for my family brings me a lot of joy. So I could probably get away with less than that, but I enjoy creating. I enjoy that process. Um, So it's not, you know, that part doesn't bother me. But then also that number two, to, there's a lot of approaches to that. Like people get intimidating thinking, oh, so much time in the kitchen. I don't have time for that. And I don't have time for that whole like spend all Sunday meal prepping kind of thing. I just want to say there's a lot of approaches to making that work for a family. Um, for example, for me, I don't um, do one giant meal prep on the weekends. And I know it's almost like <laughs> it's surprising for a lot of people. But what I do is I make time of the use of the time I'm already in the kitchen. So I cook dinner for my family most nights of the week because that's important to us to have family dinner together. And so um, when I'm making dinner, I call it make something extra. So I'm already making dinner. What else do I need to be successful that week? Maybe I need to make a breakfast casserole in addition, or maybe I need to make some sauces or steam some vegetables. And so I don't spend any extra time in the kitchen. I just get more done while I'm already in there instead of like scrolling on Facebook while I'm waiting for the chicken to cook or something. It's a really great bit of advice. I'm actually personally one who meal preps at the beginning of the week. So I have food for the week, but I know that as my family grows, I'm going to have to modify. And what I love about your approach is you're just using the time efficiently. You're still in the kitchen preparing dinner because that's what works for you. And I think that's great, but why not always just make more? You're always going to eat it. You know, always cook in batches. So I think that's really great advice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's inspiring. You know, when I found out I got I got the pleasure of interviewing you and your mother of five, I thought to myself, gosh, my goal is I want to have multiple kids and still be able to do my meal prep Mondays. You know, why not? Why would that limit or stop me? I think it's just a matter of getting creative with your schedule, getting creative and efficient in your kitchen. And when I post on my meal prep Mondays and I say, wow, I did all of this in two hours, people comment, they're like, oh my God, you did all of that in two hours? And I said, it just takes practice. If you just keep on practicing and you keep on getting in your kitchen every week, multiple times a week, and you just practice, you just become more and more efficient. Would you say that's the case over time? Definitely. And I think that's an important thing to reiterate to people that um, the first time you do anything new, it's going to, you spend a lot of time maybe reading the instructions or figuring it out or kind of working with the tools. But then the hundredth time you do it, you might be able to do it in your sleep. And so it's absolutely the same for cooking. I've had plenty of participants who are really intimidated by having to cook and, and make meals for their family and a desire to 
improve their health. And by the end, even of like a whole 30 after 30 days, they're like, oh, that's no, it's no big deal. Like this is easy. I found my rhythm. I found my go-to recipes. They learn basic cooking skills. And so it absolutely can be learned. I mean, nobody is born a good cook. Like you just, those are skills you develop. Mm-hmm. Great. I absolutely agree. Okay. Very good. Okay. I want to touch on the idea of picky eating. So um, I see a lot of kids in my practice. And so I hear about picky eating all the time. And you've got five boys to be working with. So I am certain at least one, if not more of them have at one point told you, you didn't, they didn't want this. They wanted something else. I want to know how you respond to your boys or boy, whoever has this reaction. And what do you do? Do you give in? Do you not give in? Do you offer other options? Kind of walk us through how you respond. You know, my, I want to make sure people realize, um, I, I post a lot in my own personal, you know, feed about clean eating for kids and clean eating for families. And I, it's important to me that people realize that we were not this family five years ago, that my kids were embarrassingly picky. Like we would go to you know, a church function or a friend's party or something, my kids would walk through the buffet line and come out with like cheese and a roll. And I'm like, that is not food. (laughs) It's not dinner. And I just wouldn't touch so many things. And they were so picky. And so realize that my kids didn't grow up. I mean, ideally, my kids would have grown up eating clean whole foods that I was behind, but that just wasn't the case. They ate more of the standard American diet and they, you know, they ate very differently than they do now. So if you're at a point thinking my kids are too picky, that this just isn't me, realize that can change. So with that, yeah, I mean, even as of last night, my six-year-old, we had a dinner item that he was just not interested in partaking of and verbalized his disinterest in it. So realize that's just part for the course. I mean, this is part of it being a parent that your kids are going to have opinions that don't agree with yours and they're going to verbalize them. To me, it's very important to not empower their pickiness. And I absolutely did for years. Empowering their pickiness, meaning you allow them to have a second dinner. Even worse, you make a separate dinner for them because the food you have on the table, you're like, oh, that's adult food. So I'm going to make them their chicken nuggets or whatever because they wouldn't, like you don't even give them the choice to try it. You just assume and make them something else that of course they're going to choose over soup or cauliflower or whatever. And then also allowing them to graze all day long. Like my eight-year-old was infamous for walking around with like a gallon Ziploc of goldfish that he would just eat all day long. So for meals, he was never hungry. And so I empowered that pickiness because I thought it would be too much work to to lay down a law or to be consistent. And so I let that slide. So when I finally decided, okay, I want them to eat cleaner, we're going to take certain foods out of the house. Um, for us, that's gluten, dairy, and refined sugar. And yeah, the, you know, that, that, that was that's tricky. And there was going to be foods that they didn't enjoy. And so I don't give them the option to have a backup meal anymore. It used to be a bowl of cereal. That's no longer an option. Dinner is dinner. And I don't make a separate meal ever. I make one meal that everyone can enjoy. And people will always ask me, so do you send people, send your kids to bed hungry? Like what if they choose not to eat? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. That dinner is, you know, meals are meals. And after the meal, if they're hungry, well, I'm sorry, we had dinner, you had that opportunity. And, you know, there'll be another one tomorrow morning, you'll be just fine. So it can be a little daunting, for sure. But if you can stop empowering the pickiness, it can be, that's when they'll finally start to try things and try to be more open minded to new foods that that they may not feel they would enjoy. 
Great. I'm of the exact same belief. I know for some, when I recommend this to patients, it sounds a little bit harsh. And for mm-hmm. some parents, it doesn't work for them because they they don't like that idea. And I try to explain from just a physiological point of view that they will be hungry at some point. You know, they're not going to starve themselves and then they will eat. And they can go without dinner and go to bed and wake up hungry, you know, for breakfast. And that's a good thing. That's okay to do. So I really am of that same belief because they're very smart, our kids. I mean, they can be very <laughs> manipulative. And so I love how you said if we empower the, their picky eating, then yes, you've got you've got something difficult for many, many years to come. So I like your standpoint that your kids were not always eating clean. I mean, the fish, the goldfish example with the gallon-sized bag, he, this eight-year-old boy really needed to shift. And that must have been very challenging for him in that transition. But now, does he ask for those goldfish? Or what is his perspective now on just not having them in the house since there's both dairy and gluten in goldfish? Right. You know, it's been amazing to me how adaptable kids are. And just if I can be consistent in anything, whether it's food or discipline or whatever, kids like boundaries. They really do want boundaries. And so when you consistently enforce something, they adapt. And so he now knows that dinner is the time to eat and that there's not going to be snacking afterwards. And we don't have those foods in the house anymore. And that he doesn't even he kind of laughs at that thought now that we don't, you know, that's not an issue. It's not a constant battle, but realize that took time. Like Mm -hmm. I posted, I think we were nine months into clean eating. I was so excited when like the 10th time I had put cauliflower oatmeal on the table, he finally tried it and realized he loved it. And Mm -hmm. last night he actually cheered when he's like, yeah, it's cauliflower oatmeal for dinner. And I love what the whole mamas posted on their Instagram stories the other day that it can take up to 15 times of reintroducing a food, maybe in a different way or whatever, for kids to try it. But we often get discouraged as parents after the third or fifth time because it gets old with them saying, no, I don't want any broccoli or I don't want any cauliflower or whatever. So just being consistent. And I love Ellen Satter's methods for responsibilities, division of responsibilities in feeding that my job as a parent is to decide what, when, and how Like I present the food and what what food is being served. And it's absolutely the child's responsibility to determine how much they're going to eat and if they're going to eat the food offered. And once I'd stopped trying to manipulate that role by, okay, you have to just take as many bites as you are old, or if you clean your plate, you can have a fruit popsicle after dinner or any of those things. I just put it out there as a possibility and let them fulfill their choice and role as how much they were going to eat. Struggle, the battle over dinner has disappeared. And it's and they do, like you said, they won't starve themselves. They eventually come around. They'll eventually try new things, but only when you make it that that's the only option. Yes, I absolutely love this philosophy, and I love Ellen's work as well. I think you misspoke, and it's it's okay because you really caught yourself. She says you can control the what, when, and where. I think you said how because yeah, the how, no problem. It's it's just brilliant. The how is exactly what they get to control. So we tell our kids what they eat, when, what time they're going to eat it, and where they're going to eat it. If for you and your family, it sounds like dinner is a really important place that the whole family gets together and they all sit you know, around the table eating. And so you dictate that. But then, you know, it depends on how much your kid wants to eat. You don't push it. You know, they don't have to finish their food. They can eat less. They can eat a bite. Well, okay, that's their choice. They can eat a second helping. Okay, well, that's their choice. Then it still gives them freedom with still creating an environment with boundaries and rules. So I absolutely love that. 
Yeah, Great. and I think it's it's just empowered me as a parent and empowered them as a kid and taken out the battle. Oh, so yes. I highly recommend yes. it. Yes. And I know Home Mama's Club did post on, you know, it could take up to 15 times. I've actually heard of statistics up to 30 times. Oh, wow. Yes. And this could be specifically for kids with sensory processing disorder. Mm-hmm. I see quite a bit in my practice. And that's when they're really having issues with texture and stuff. But you never know if your kid has even a slight bit of that. And you might as well. You keep on trying and you keep on not giving up on the fact that they make it excited. So what a great story that you're one of your boys was excited for the cauliflower dish. I mean, yeah. that must have made you feel so good. Oh, I totally did the happy dance in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. So another question I have for you, it sounds like you've done Whole30 multiple times. When you do the program, do you have the whole family, including the kids, do it with you or do you do something modified for them? That's a really good question. We we have not done a family Whole30. Um, I know there's some coaches who have and um, you know, have really rocked that. And let me explain why. So we took out, like I said, the gluten, the dairy and the refined sugar. So kind of mostly a paleo lifestyle. And the changes we saw were astronomical. And we've had such good result from that, that that's been a really good place for us to stay. And we've been really happy with that. I'm open to doing a family whole 30 in the future. My 14 year old did one. Um, And we were kind of hesitant just because of wanting to make sure he got everything he needed and also realizing that could increase the amount of time and work on my part because he he probably wasn't going to make most of those foods for himself. Um, And just wanting to be realistic. But he basically said, he's like, mom, I just want to see, I know the Whole30 can make you feel like your best self. And I want to see if there's anything else that could improve from Whole30. And so I was like, well, how do I say no to that? And so he and I did a round earlier this year and it was cool. He, he learned to like new vegetables and expanded some of his clean food options and had a positive experience with it. But he did not actually have any other increased benefit to it um, besides maybe taking a big step back from like any paleo baked goods. So for us, clean eating, paleo living as a family has been a good place for us. And if someone is intimidated by doing a family whole 30, I recommend that as kind of like, okay, this could be a middle ground that might be a little more manageable. Great. I love that. And can you also share some of those outcomes that you've seen just by eliminating dairy, uh, gluten, and the refined sugars? You know, it's it's been amazing. So we started July of last year, 2017, and I told my kids, I was like, you know what, we're just going to try it for 30 days and see, because I feel strongly about this. I felt like a hypocrite that I felt strongly about clean eating, but hadn't applied it to my family. And so I said, we're just going to try it just for 30 days and we'll see how it goes at the end. We can decide as a family, we had kind of a family council about it. We can decide as a family if this is working for us. And so with that, my kids were able to get on board. And at the end, I interviewed them and wrote down some of the things they wrote. And I'm so glad I did because it was it was priceless. Everything from two of my kids, I like to call them spirited. They're very challenging personalities, very hard personalities, very humbling for me as a parent to try to parent them. One of them, he screamed from probably like age two until seven. He was just a very loud, frustrated child. And so my spirited kiddos were so calm. It was amazing. Like I, that was, has been one of the hardest things for me as a parent to deal with. And for me, that that was worth every minute in the kitchen. It was worth every sacrifice and challenge and effort to how calm my two-spirited kiddos were. And then um, my teenager, he was so grateful because his acne disappeared. And, you know, 
13 year old, it's a hard stage of life. And if you can have one less thing to deal with, with not having acne on your face, that's huge. My boy said things like, my brothers are nicer to me. I sleep better. Like my tummy doesn't hurt. They noticed. And by the end, when I was done interviewing them, I said, okay, as a family, do we want to keep doing this? Everyone said, absolutely. Yes. And I was floored because I'd put it off for so long thinking it was going to be this big, hard thing. And it definitely required a ton of effort. I'm not going to dis, you know, credit that, but it was worth it. And they had all individually found their why. So it wasn't me saying, we're going to do this because it's good for you. It was them saying, yeah, I want to do this because I noticed these benefits. Oh, Autumn, I wish you could see my face. I feel like I'm like tearing <laughs> up. My my like smile is so big. I I have such a passion for helping kids in this world. And to me, food is a huge foundation for good health. And the way you went about that was just so beautifully done, just really beautifully designed for them to feel like they're participating in this. They're not being told you have to eat this, you can't eat that, you can only eat this. You made it so such a family participation and choice. And for you to do the, I mean, you pretty much did non-scale victories. You've helped them identify their non-scale victories just by the interviews before and after. And what a beautiful story and what great outcomes. And this is such a testimony to the power of food and clean eating. And it is so doable today. And yes, it does come with some more hours in the kitchen. And yes, it may come with a higher grocery bill, which I do want to talk about actually next. But before we move on to that, look at what it does to the health of not only the children day to day, but the family dynamic, because your spirited kids really had an impact on everybody else's moods in in the household. I mean, that's hard to live with and challenging. And so now everyone is winning. I just think that is fantastic. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Like I couldn't have imagined that kind of result and nor had I ever I'd done quite a bit of nutrition research and I just had never connected what that would look like for kids. And so it was just amazing. And it was cool that it, like you said, it gave them their why. So there wasn't the battle and we could move forward with this as a family. Yes. Just beautiful. Really want to say that. That's great. Well, let's a little talk about um, just how you're making this work affordably. So you've got a family of seven to feed and it is very important that you're eating clean. So how do you advise people who are on a budget and really trying to save money? Is this even doable for them? And if so, what are some of your, what's some advice you have for them? It's definitely doable. And that's something I'm pretty, uh, I feel pretty passionate about. I did a whole segment on a budget, Whole30 earlier this year for that reason, because I think as there become more um, convenience products and things that make Whole30 and clean eating easier, People get caught up that in order to eat clean as a family, I have to be able to afford the products and go to the specialty stores and can only shop at Whole Foods and buy all these things. And they forget that clean eating is based on a foundation of protein, vegetables, healthy fats, fruit, things that every grocery store has. We just don't always base our meals around them. So I just want to say, To anyone who's thinking, I don't know if I can eat clean, if I can afford it, or if it's doable, it absolutely is. And I I definitely can sympathize with budgets and needing to do so for a large family on a budget. A couple things as far as like, I love tangible takeaways. So a couple tangible takeaways with that. Um, Number one, you have to meal plan. It's not a luxury if you're on a budget to 
walk through the grocery store and pick up whatever you think you need. You have to have a list. And I actually love um, Dave Ramsey, one of the, you know, kind of the gurus of financial freedom. Um, he says shopping without a list can make or break a budget. And it's true because think about it. If you have a list, you're not buying those like in the moment items and you're less likely to forget things that maybe later you're like, oh, shoot, I forgot the vanilla or whatever. And you have to go buy it from a closer store at a higher price. You can you know, be proactive in your shopping, intentional in what you buy. So make sure you have a list. It's, it's worth it. And it's going to save you money. Second, don't let food go to waste. And um, it's crazy. So once I started reading up on this, Americans throw out on average $50 of food per month. It's like over $600 a year that we just put in our trash cans because we're not being intentional because we're like, oh, oops, I forgot about that lettuce or I didn't get around to eating the meat before I stuck it in the freezer. So we actually, as a family, on the weekends, we, we, call, we call it use it up. So on Saturdays and Sundays, our meals and such are based around what do we need to eat up? What do we need to cook? We might remake some leftovers into a new meal, things like that so that we don't throw away as much food because that's just crazy. I don't I don't have $50 to stick in the trash can every month. And so wasting less food and then being open to making things yourself. Again, we talked about hours in the kitchen. I get being a busy mom, especially if you're working mom as well as, you know, maybe working multiple jobs that making a lot of food from scratch sounds intimidating. But like you said, it's a habit that comes around, you get better at it. And for example, Whole30 mayo you can buy, and there's some amazing brands that have clean mayo now. You can buy it, or you can make it at home. It takes me less than five minutes now, and it costs me $5 less every time I make it. So being willing to make more things from scratch, whether that's your mayo or just your meals and not eating out. And finally, just letting good enough be good enough, meaning ideally we are you know, getting all the best sources and quality of meat and organic foods and produce, but I know there's some family budgets out there where you laugh at the idea of affording grass-fed beef or buying only organic vegetables. And so I say, you know what, like, don't let that be a hindrance. You can still base your meals around whole foods and still get plenty of benefit from doing so. And so just do what you can on quality, buy it on sale when you can or whatever, and then let good enough be good enough. Excellent action items for people. Thank you so much for being so concise with that. I think our listeners are really going to gain a lot from that. Perfect. Um, I want you to share maybe three, I'm just going to pick the number three, some of your favorite go-to Whole30 compliant meals that you make for a big family. You know, don't be afraid to go simple. And that's what I encourage my clients the first couple weeks especially is to just, you can make the familiar meals in a cleaner version. For example, hamburgers, we eat bunless hamburgers. Um, and so, you know, it's the same condiment, same things. It's just without the bun wrapped up in lettuce. Or you can make tacos um, and serve it inside a lettuce cup. You can make spaghetti and serve it on zoodles instead of pasta. Um, it doesn't have to be complicated. And it's important you get past that mental hurdle that though there are amazing, beautiful, gorgeous pictures of Whole30 clean meals on Instagram, it's okay if yours is simple and still just gets the job done. Great. I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> that's actually how Stephanie and I cook. We call them ingredient meals. We just make yeah, such <laughs> simple meals. And it's funny, Stephanie and I just had a phone call because we're such good friends. We chat all the time. But we said to each other, 
We don't even like when we do do recipes. It's almost like overly complicated. It takes more time. And yes, there's more depth in flavor perhaps, but then we almost like miss our simple meals. I'd rather use those really sophisticated meals for like the times I eat out, which are rare, but that's like a treat for me, you know? So then it's nice to have those like multiple flavors and all the different layers of, you know, I don't know, sophistication, but I don't need to do that in my kitchen. So I love that. Just go back to being simple. And that's how, that's really our, our train of thought as well. Yeah. I think that too often is just a roadblock or we allow it to be an excuse. And Mm -hmm. so I absolutely, I love the ingredient meals and the simple meals. And those are the ones that are easy also to let your kids be involved with and are easy to get the kids on board with because they're not, you know, have garnishes and toppings and things that they're just like, what is this? Absolutely. Yes. Kids like that. Okay, great. So we're going to do something kind of fun. Uh, Steph and I came up with five questions we call rapid fire questions. We're asking all of our Whole30 certified coaches while we're interviewing them this month of September. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to ask you five questions. And if you can keep your answer to just one sentence each, that would be perfect. Are you all set? Definitely. Yeah, okay, great. Fun. So how many Whole30s have you done personally? Ten. Wow. Did you complete your whole 30 on your first attempt? Nope. I totally failed it on like day 11. (laughs) That's great. Okay, great. Okay. What was your biggest non-scale victory? For me, it was getting off my acne medicine as I had had acne for two decades. Wow. So you got completely off of them. That's huge. Completely off. And my dermatologist actually asked me and said, your skin looks amazing. What have you been doing? And I told her about the Whole30 and eating clean. And she's like, no, that couldn't be it. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And acne medication is extremely harsh on the liver and other organs. That's really amazing. Yeah. Great. Okay. What's your food with no breaks? You know, I love this question because I realized with the Whole30s I've done and finding my food freedom, there isn't one anymore. Mm, that gives me chills. I love that. Okay. What was it before? <laughs> Baked goods, cookies, cake. I'd have it with a tall glass of milk and usually would eat the whole pan. Great. And now you don't feel like that's the case for you anymore. No, I'm a recovering sugar addict mm. and Whole30 and the process between them has really helped me um, find balance. And, and I love the term food freedom because it's exactly what it is. I'm in control of my food instead of my food controlling me. Excellent. How beautiful. I wish everyone in this world can say that same thing, but it really took a lot of work for you. Congratulations. That's a really big accomplishment. Thank you. Excellent. Okay. So my last rapid fire question, one bit of advice you can give to someone who's doing the Whole30 for his or her first time. Use the resources, find support, and be engaged. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much, Autumn, for coming on the show. This has been so much fun for me to get to know you. I know this is a big contribution to our listeners. Before we end, can you just let our listeners know more about you, how they can find and learn more about you? I have a website as well as an Instagram feed. It's Whole Food for Seven, the number seven. So wholefoodfor7.com or Instagram Whole Food for Seven. And on there, I talk all things um, clean eating with kids, recovering from a sugar addiction budget whole 30 things like that and I, I i love it i would love to have you connect with me there some of my best topics always come from people asking questions and needing resources so please feel free to reach out to me in through either of those avenues i would love to connect with you excellent thank you so much autumn this was so wonderful i really appreciate all your time yes thank you so much it's been a pleasure thanks for listening to today's episode If you enjoyed this episode, please help us out by sharing our podcast with your mama friends and writing us a review on iTunes. 
let us know what you enjoyed about this episode and help us grow our village. You can also visit our website at homemamasclub.com slash podcast to review show notes, find past episodes, and leave comments and questions for future shows. Please remember that the views on this podcast are not meant to be substituted for medical advice, shouldn't be used to diagnose, treat, or cure any conditions, and are intended for general information purposes only. Now go on, have a good day, and nourish and nurture yourself and your family.